Welcome to another episode of Mike 20 Picks. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our all 32 NFL team previews for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season. And today we are starting our trip in the AFC South with the AFC South champion, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Jaguars are an interesting spot this season. They've got Trevor Lawrence, young up and coming superstar entering year three with entering year two of Doug Peterson's system. And they're getting one of the biggest additions that any team is getting in the league this season. Find out more about it here on this preview. We're going to break down what the Jaguars offense did in 2022, as well as project what their offense is going to do in 2023 and break down our rankings and projections for the Jaguars players in redraft dynasty and best ball leagues. Now, you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like button and hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop, and it really shows me a lot of support. If you're listening to the podcast on audio form, Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, please rate and review. Again, helps me out a lot, shows me a lot of support. And if you're interested in joining any DFS, player pick them, sportsbook site, um, underdog, jock market, parlay play, there's all kinds of them. Head on over to signupexpert.com slash Mike's Picks. You will get the best promo codes and offers and it's synced to your location. And if you sign up through my links, you will get the best offer and it'll also show me some support as well. So make sure you give that a shot. And if you want to see my full ranks and draft guide for all 32 NFL teams, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, enough with the introduction. Let's go ahead and break down the Jags. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. In 2022, the Jaguars' offense was pretty good. They ranked ninth in the league in yards per game and 10th in the league in points per game. In terms of play calling, they ranked 17th in rush rate. However, they had a positive pass rate over expectation last season, meaning that because they were winning in a lot of their games, the situations kind of called for runs more than they actually ran. So while their total play calling was about middle of the road, ranking 17th in rush rate and 16th in pass rate, you know, they did pass the ball more than they probably should have from where the game standpoint was. And that kind of makes sense knowing what we know about Doug Peterson. He's a little bit of a game where he's an aggressive play caller. It just kind of checks out with what we know about his profile. The Jaguars were also one of the top teams in the league at using 11 personnel last season, meaning they played a lot of their snaps with one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers. So if that tracks this year, you're going to see a little bit of change in who's there because they are getting Calvin Ridley added to this offense. But I definitely see that being a pass that is going to continue for them this season. They tend to play their best players and give them high snap counts and don't really rotate a whole lot of other guys in. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the quarterback position. So Trevor Lawrence is entering year three of his NFL career. In his rookie year, he was not good in fantasy. He was quarterback 29 in fantasy points per game, but he made a big leap in year two and he finished his quarterback eight overall and quarterback 12 in fantasy points per game. Lawrence had five weekly finishes among the top five quarterbacks and nine weeks in the top 10. So you're looking at a guy who had a fairly high weekly ceiling and also more often than not was a starting caliber fantasy quarterback in 10 team leagues. He had three games the entire season under 10 fantasy points, which is not optimal, but it's not atypical for a young quarterback that is still growing in the, you know, kind of for his finishing position in fantasy, that's not super concerning. Now, Lawrence did get some fantasy points on the ground last year. He did have five rushing touchdowns. I would not say he is a Jalen Hurts or a Justin Fields with his legs, but he definitely can contribute to you in fantasy with using those legs as a weapon. And I would expect that to continue. I don't see that being something that's fluky or something that's not sustainable. So the bottom line for the Jaguars quarterback position is that Trevor Lawrence is, in my opinion, one of the easiest quarterbacks to rank this season. 
I think he is very clearly behind the tier of quarterbacks that holds Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, and Justin Herbert. And I think that Trevor Lawrence is very clearly either a tier above or at the top of the tier of the next group of quarterbacks that includes Deshaun Watson, Tua Tagovailoa, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, those type of guys. So I think Trevor Lawrence is very easily slotted in as quarterback eight this year, and I don't think it's particularly close. I think he should be drafted as a starter in 10 team leagues. I think he is a very interesting candidate in best ball, especially if you can stack him up with one of his wide receivers or tight ends. And I also think that in dynasty leagues, he has a lot of value because this is a guy who is a big-bodied quarterback who has no real injury history, is improved in both of his NFL seasons. I think he's a great candidate for Dynasty Leagues and just allowing your team to kind of grow with Trevor Lawrence. So looking at the 2023 season, Trevor Lawrence is my quarterback eight in redraft and best ball leagues. All right, enough with the quarterbacks. Let's go ahead and break down the running back position. So last year was... Travis Etienne's de facto rookie year after he had a season-ending injury in training camp back in 2021, and he finished last season as running back 17 overall and running back 23 in fantasy points per game. What was weird about Etienne, though, is he didn't exactly excel at the areas that I would consider like the lucrative, the cheat code areas, if you will, for running backs. He only saw 45 total targets all season, and he has 7.8% target share. Both those numbers ranked outside the top 20 running backs in total last year. That's just not great. He was actually more of a pass catcher at Clemson, which ironically he played at with Trevor Lawrence. So you think the chemistry as the check down option would be there, but it just didn't really pan out a whole lot last year. Just wasn't really used in that way. He was also inefficient in the red zone and in the goal line. His success rates in the red zone and the goal line were near the bottom of the league for guys who had high volumes of carries there. And so you're just looking at a guy who, you know, maybe... I think that, it, honestly, he should be better in these two areas than he was. I feel weird saying that, but he should be more of a pass catcher. He should be better in the red zone with as many touch or with many touchdown opportunities as he's getting. He just wasn't very efficient in it last year. So the question is, if he can't turn those around, how is he going to make up the fancy points elsewhere? Well, he can make it up for it with his workload. And ETN last year saw his usage jump big time after week six. In the first six games, ETN never eclipsed a 52% snap share. He was still a productive running back at that time, but he wasn't getting a bulk of the snaps. He was below 70% only twice the rest of the season, and one of those, he left the game injured. So I'm not really too concerned about that, but over the second half of the season, ETN had a massive workload, saw a huge amount of opportunities, huge snap shares, nothing to complain about there. Why did that happen though? Well, it's quite obvious. James Robinson was a Jaguars running back who was traded away after week nine. When Robinson was traded away, ETN had currently ranked as running back 21 and James Robinson had ranked as running back 35 in fantasy points per game, looking at the average, not the totals. The Jaguars hadn't had their bye week at week nine, so both those guys were much closer to the top for the totals, so I definitely wanted to adjust it for the average. So what does that tell me? Well, what it tells me is that the Jaguars don't necessarily want to just give ETN all of the usage, 
I think they were comfortable with it last season, but I don't think it's something that they want to do heading into this year. They drafted a rookie running back, Tank Bigsby, out of Auburn, and so I definitely think that Bigsby is going to be a factor. And if he cuts into ETN's usage, that could be a red flag for ETN. But given how last season finished and given that I think he should be better in the red zone in the pass-catching game than he is, I definitely think ETN's a certainly playable fantasy back this year. So the bottom line is this. ETN has some concerns, like the red zone usage, like the passing game usage. But his usage, if it's in line with the second half of last season, which I think it probably could be, right? He should easily finish as a top 20 back in fantasy. Tank Bigsby is a handcuff who has standalone value as the Jaguars could prefer to use a committee approach. If you get ETN, I don't mind stacking up Bigsby as well because A, if ETN gets hurt, Bigsby's going to instantly be a top 20 back. B, if this ends up being a committee, you could end up kind of getting advantage of the best of both worlds where you could end up having ETN or Bigsby if a matchup favors one or the other. So looking at this season, I expect ETN's usage to be somewhere in between where he had it at the second half of last year and where he had it at the start of the season with James Robinson in the backfield. So I really do think at the end of that, ETN is my running back 14. Tank Bigsby is my running back 55. Bigsby should be drafted in redraft leagues this year. He should not be sitting on the waiver wire. All right, that does it for the running backs. Let's go ahead and talk some wide receivers. So last year, the wide receiver position was very good to the Jaguars. They finished with two top 30 wide receivers in fantasy and another top 60 wide receiver as well. That's three total in the top 60. Christian Kirk was the star coming over from Arizona. He had four weekly top 10 finishes and nine weekly top 20 finishes. Zay Jones operating out wide, actually added another four weekly top 10 finishes. And Marvin Jones Jr., who's now in Detroit, added two more top 20 finishes. So on any given week, you could see one or more of these Jaguars receivers go off. Some weeks it was just Kirk. Some weeks it was good, just, say, Jones. Sometimes it was Kirk and Jones. Sometimes it was Jones and Jones. Like These receivers were all utilized heavily. They utilized 11 personnel. And when they were in it, it was these three guys. That was one thing that was very reliable for the Jaguars last season. So how does that look heading into this season? Well, Christian Kirk finished last year as wide receiver 12 overall and wide receiver 18 in fantasy points per game while operating entirely out of the slot position. He ranked 15th in total targets and 24th in target share. Zay Jones was the primary option out wide. He finished as wide receiver 26 overall and wide receiver 31 in fantasy points per game. And he ranked 18th in total targets and 30th in target share with a 22% target share on the season. So as we mentioned earlier, the Jaguars added Calvin Ridley this season. Well, I believe he was technically on the roster last year, but he couldn't play because of the gambling suspension. So Calvin Ridley is going to be a part of this wide receiver room this year. So how does that impact Kirk and Jones? Well, I think what it does is this. Calvin Ridley was a wide receiver one, an alpha wide receiver in his time in Atlanta. I don't think that's going to change. What I also don't think is going to change is how Calvin Ridley was used in Atlanta. Calvin Ridley don't operate in the slot. Calvin Ridley operates out wide, generally going pretty deep down the field as well. He's not one of these short underneath possession type guys. He is a deep threat. So how do I think that's going to change the Jaguars usage? Well, Christian Kirk may be affected. Like he, Obviously, I don't think he's going to get the same number of raw targets now that Ridley is in the equation, but Cal, or Christian Kirk's still going to be in the slot. He's still going to be playing that role. 
it might be targeted a little less, but it's still going to be that role. I think it's more natural that Zay Jones slides into the Marvin Jones Jr. role where he's kind of the third guy in and the guy that's being used in 11 personnel out wide where Christian Kirk is in the slot. So the bottom line is this. The Jaguars offense can support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers. Even with the addition of Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk should finish as a top 30 wide receiver, and he's being drafted pretty much near that number right now, wide receiver 30 overall on Sleeper and on ESPN. I mean, last year, Zay Jones was wide receiver 26 overall. I kind of think that that's Christian Kirk's floor, and I'm all for a guy being drafted at his floor. Ridley is a little bit more of a wild card. I do think he has a higher ceiling than Christian Kirk from what we've seen from him in his NFL career, but he hadn't played in a while. And I don't know. I'm not entirely sold on Calvin Ridley like some other people are. I do really like Christian Kirk where he's at, though. If you want to hear more about Christian Kirk, check out my wide receiver buy list video where I go over some of my favorite wide receivers to draft this year. So in my rankings right now, I have Calvin Ridley as my wide receiver 24 and Christian Kirk is my wide receiver 25. I think that that split is going to be a lot closer than people expect given Ridley's long layoff and the fact that Christian Kirk is still going to retain a similar role in the offense. Zay Jones is my wide receiver 64. I don't mind him. I don't mind putting him on your roster. I don't mind drafting him, but it's really hard for me to get behind him knowing that Marvin Jones Jr. was barely a top 60 wideout last year. I think that that's pretty much what Zay Jones is going to be in line for this year. I don't think he has true top 10, top 20 upside unless Ridley or Christian Kirk were to get hurt. That does it for the wide receiver position. So let's go ahead and talk tight ends. So Evan Ingram last year had a breakthrough season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He finished his tight end five overall and tight end seven in fantasy points per game. Now, he also did it in a very go big or go home way. He had some big time performances down the stretch of the season. He also had some duds as well. He was not a super consistent week in, week out guy, but he gave you enough big time games that he probably won you some games if you had him in your lineup. What's also interesting to me is he actually led all tight ends in slot snaps. So what the Jaguars did a lot last year is they utilized 11 personnel where they had ETN and Ingram and three wide receivers on the field. But ETN, or I'm sorry, not ETN, Ingram did not line up as an inline tight end with his hand in the dirt very often. They would line him up in the slot in, you know, two by two wide receiver sets. They would line him up in the slot in trips where he's the inside guy. They would kind of use ETN or not ETN. Why do I want why do I keep doing that? They would kind of use Evan Ingram as their chess piece that they could move around to create mismatches to get him lined up on who they wanted to get him lined up on and exploit the mismatch from there. And it led to a really good workload for Evan Ingram. He ranked fifth among all tight ends with 98 targets and 14th in target share at 17%. Now, for Ingram, the bottom line is this, though. He was great last season. Loved how he was used last season. It was a super sustainable profile. Could absolutely have continued the way it was. But it seems to me to be near impossible for him to repeat with the same volume that he had last year now that Calvin Ridley is in the offense. You just cannot convince me that he's still going to get 98 targets again when more of those targets that went to the wide receivers are going to be going to Calvin Ridley. So for that reason, I think Evan Ingram, because of the role and what he brings to this Jaguars offense, I still think he's draftable as a starting tight end. I think he's got a little bit of a lower floor than some of the guys that I have him ranked around. So Evan Ingram is my tight end 10 for the 2023 season. 
All right, that does it for the Jacksonville Jaguars preview. If you like what you saw on YouTube, please hit the like button. It really helps me out a lot. And please hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop. Like the rest of our season-long fantasy football content. Like our weekly golf and college football content as well. If you're listening to the podcast on audio, please rate and review wherever you're listening. It really helps me out a lot. And y'all give Sign Up Expert a try. SignUpExpert.com slash Mike's Picks. It syncs to your location. It'll give you all the best DFS sites and sportsbooks that are available at your location. And you'll get automatically the best offers and promo codes. Go to SignUpExpert.com slash Mike's Picks. And my full rankings and draft guide for all 32 NFL teams are available on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, that does it for the preview, guys. Next up, we're going to be going over the second-place team in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans. But if you guys made it this far, hopefully I've been able to give you guys some good information on where and how to draft these Jacksonville Jaguars in your redraft dynasty and best ball leagues. Hopefully I'm able to help you guys make those right decisions with this team. Thank you guys for watching and listening, and I will see you next time. 